Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Lindsay here and we are just about into back to school time. We have a two week countdown until school starts around here and may start sooner, may start later for you. And no matter how well adjusted and flexible your child is, change is change. And if you have a kid that doesn't do so well with change, that's okay too. Just know that like when we change our routine, our nervous system and body doesn't like it. We like what's comfortable. We like what's safe. And we become unregulated on some level because our body is getting used to that, doesn't perceive that as safety. Once we get in the new habit, then it's comfortable and things get in a flow. So expect some disruption and some level of chaos while your child is adjusting. And I'm going to share all of the things that I can think of that you can do to help mitigate that, specifically in an emotional regulation, from an emotional regulation standpoint, meaning like managing tantrums, big feelings, feelings about transitions. I have three bigger tips that I'm going to break down in more detail throughout the podcast. The first one is tell your child what to expect. Involve them in the planning. A lot of times as adults, we just go through life making decisions and planning things for our kids without actually telling them what's going on. Imagine how anxious and overwhelmed this would make you as an adult if someone was just like, oh, we're going to school now. Oh, and you and you don't know what's coming next, right? So telling them when school starts, how much longer they have, letting them help you with their school shopping. An example of this is just yesterday, I let Sam get on Amazon with me and pick his backpack and lunchbox. So he's invested. He's starting to think about and his brain is starting to plan for school coming. He's going to be riding the bus for the first time this year. So we've talked about that just so I can prepare him for the expectation. Telling your child like how they're going to get somewhere, what school they're going to go to if it's a new school. Um, Go to the back to school night if they offer one. Just involving them and helping them plan for starting school. This can even look like helping them get together the visual reminder for their morning routine so that their brain is getting ready and it's not such a shock to the system when we're waking up at 6 a.m. and running out the door, right, for the first day of school. Something to be aware of with this is that there's a sweet spot for information. Some kids, if you give too much information or too far in advance, it will create more stress and anxiety for them. If this is your kid, you know them. You know when it's too soon and how much information. So I'm going to urge you to trust yourself on this one and give the amount of information needed and the amount of time for them to take in that information. Now, I have some clients who are 
in this tricky window of if you give information days, weeks ahead of time, they are not, they do not do well. They spiral out of control. They think of every worst case scenario. And I also have some that you cannot give them information last minute or they do the same thing. And so their parents have been able to find the sweet spot of like, okay, I need to tell you a day before or 30 minutes before so that you have time to transition and to process what's happening, but not so much time that you're spiraling. So keep that in mind, adjust to what feels best for your child. This is also a good space to mention that it's change with the new school year. It's even if it's the same school, the same routine, nothing feels like it's changed. There still is a lot of change. There's been a big summer break. Kids typically go back and they don't have the same teacher that they had last year. They don't have the same classmates. And even if they do, they may have shifted. There's like one or two new people. So allowing them to ask you any questions, express any concerns that they have, and answering them to the best of your ability, even if it feels like you're answering them on repeat. An example of this would be if your child's riding the bus for the first time and they ask about it and what it will be like, you share to the best of your knowledge over and over again to help their brain get ready for that change. So even if it feels like, oh, well, it's exactly the same as last year, same school, same everything, it's not. It's a new school year, new teacher. Things have changed and and that's life, right? And this is an important time that we can use to teach our kids, especially if they're a little bit older, you can have this conversation, how to roll with it, how to be flexible. Because the only thing constant in life is change. Things are constantly moving, flowing. The seasons are changing. There's a new birthday every year. It's just always in motion. And so if your kids are older, we can talk about that and how we handle that and how when things are going well, it can be really hard to let go of what was. And when things aren't going well, you can have hope in the fact that like eventually it will shift. So I would say elementary age on up, you can have these conversations, how, you know, things are always shifting in life and we have to adapt. And a word, my a phrase my husband uses a lot in this house is adapt and overcome. Nice to kind of roll my eyes at his uh, mentality. But now as I'm, I don't know, going through more experiences with my kids, it's something, something that I find myself using more frequently. Something's always going to come up and we can plan and we can structure, but things are always in flux and that's okay. Now, I'm going to break down some specific things you can do based on age to help your child prepare for the school year. Pre-K, kindergarten, those first times going to school, you want to talk about what their schedule will be like, how long they'll be in school, who will take them, who will pick them up, what they'll do in their morning routine, especially if school and leaving you is new. You really want to go through that. Um, You can even do a practice um, time like I'm saying I'm a lot, sorry. <laughs> Elementary age, this is um, the same as middle school, but you want to give them more freedom and you can help them. They can help you create like if they do a visual for their morning routine, they can help you with that or you can help sit down with them and figure out like what order they want to do things in. Do they want to take school or home lunch? What kind of backpack or lunchbox do they like? What kind of shoes? letting them pick and have control in those things. Middle school and older, you want to help them plan for the responsibility of 
the demands that happen at that level of school and managing schedules. So how can you help them manage their own schedule? Can we practice setting an alarm and them getting up and doing their whole routine by themselves? Um, can we like have a family calendar so they can put their work schedule in or different assignments so they can start to manage it on their own and you're helping them talk with them and find ways and things that they want to work on during the school year and figure out how to guide them through that. My next tip is a shorter one, but it's to start working on the routines now. If you have a week, two weeks, don't wait till the night before to start having your child brush their own teeth and get themselves dressed. So start to structure the key parts of your day, the transition times. This is specifically morning and bedtime right now in a way that they will look for school so that their brain is trained and ready and it doesn't feel unfamiliar when school rolls around. Doing something different throughout the day already feels unfamiliar. So we want to prep the brain and create as much structure and predictability as possible in the other areas. So it's not like not only am I going to school all day now for a first grader, but I'm also I've been staying up till 10 and now I have to go to bed at eight, right? Like that's a lot of change for a six-year-old. So adjusting things as early as possible or right now. And then also, if you want them to be able to do parts of their routine independently, make the visual cues now and start implementing them. We are really working on doing our morning routine with prompting in my house. So what I've been doing is, even though it's summer, even though they don't have anything to get ready for, I have been just mock <laughs> practicing the morning routine in the way that I want to do it when school starts. So with our ages and attention levels and when you're thinking about a morning routine, something to keep in mind is your child's developmental level, not necessarily their chronological age. So how long can they focus or on on something, how many tasks can they do at a time? What are they actually capable of? And how can you push them just a little bit until eventually they're doing the whole morning routine by themselves? So right now, everyone's pretty much at the prompting level. Sam's a little more independent. And so it's me saying, okay, go get your toothbrush and brush your teeth, right? Rather than me getting the toothbrushes down, putting the toothpaste on. And then if they get stuck, they can ask me for help. Um, I've also started working on the visual cues. They've seen them. They're seeing how they're going to look. I'm hoping to get those going this week so that by the time school starts, we have some predictability and it is not all new and all chaos. The other thing to keep in mind with this is to limit any other changes if possible. So I know that we can't always predict what's going to happen. And sometimes if you have to move, you have to move, but keeping everything else as normal as possible, at least for a few weeks, so that when um, they, they can adjust to the transition of starting school, and then you can adjust other things. So say there's a behavior you really want to work on, or you want to limit screen time, maybe now is not the time to start that. Maybe waiting till mid-September and saying, okay, right? Like now's the time we're adjusted to being back to school because we don't want to change too many things because when the brain feels change, it senses danger and we have big feelings, big reactions. Now you're likely going to have that anyway, but we just want to minimize that as much as possible so that everyone can stay sane through back to school. And by everyone, I mean myself, definitely myself. My longest and most important tip is plan for it to not go well. Planning 
is just as important as responding during the, these transition times, these big feel moments. This is something I refer to a lot as setting yourself and your child up for success. When you do this, it ensures that you are in the right headspace to support your child as they are dealing with the changes in routine expectations. Setting them up for success helps them feel safe and secure during the adjustment phase. So you want to plan for how you're going to manage their big emotions and how you're going to help them feel safe and transition with their big emotions during this time. Some of the ideas I've already shared with you are ways you can do this. We are going to talk about some ways to plan for specific emotions and times when they are usually the highest and most intense. But before we get into that, I just want you to check your expectations, right? So we talked a little about the expectations that we have of our kids. We need them to be developmental based on their phase and not necessarily chronological age. So real talk, like for Sam, I cannot expect some things that if I looked at a developmental chart like that a seven-year-old would be able to do, and that's okay. Some things I can expect what a nine-year-old would be able to do in some areas, but in some things it's more like a four-year-old, and that's okay. Um, and your child may be like this. They may be like right on track developmentally and chronologically, and so it's a little less daunting, but the place I found that parents have the most trouble with expectations is when their child maybe isn't developmentally at a place where they they quote unquote should be. I'm not big in like chronological development anyway, but they, and they are basing their expectations off that rather than where their child is. And so how we grow and learn is by challenging ourselves little by little rather than saying, okay, well, you're you're seven, so you should be doing all of the things on this paper that it says a seven-year-old should be doing. So tweak your expectations. And if you have something you want to work on, definitely work on it. Maybe in slow baby steps right now, especially because of the upcoming change with school. Okay, other expectation things going to be bumpy. There's going to be meltdowns. There's going to be adjustments needed to routines and expectations. Just expect it. Um, This is what happens when we start something new, change something is we have to adjust as we go. And going in with that mindset and giving your kids that mindset helps them manage their emotions better when things don't work out and us manage our emotions better when things don't go as we planned. But also, Your kids are going to be tired and emotional. So just plan for the tantrums because they're coming. Make small changes. So don't try and implement everything at once. Everything doesn't need to go perfectly and how it would in your ideal world. If you're going from no structure, it may mean that you have to start with a very simple, small morning routine or even cutting screen time down a little bit at a time. Do not try and do all the things at once because that signals to your brain chaos and chaos, it feels unsafe. And then we react, right? And our body just says, oh, no, I can't do any of this. We get overwhelmed and we give up rather than just trying to do small things a little bit at a time. The last expectation check is I'm a firm believer in doing everything as possible to make our lives 
as easy as possible. Call me lazy, call me smart, call me whatever. So one of the things that I stress in all of my courses is to plan for the situations that you know there will be an issue. So if you can expect there to be an issue at these three common times, then you can plan for it. Morning time, after school, and bedtime. So these are all of our transition times typically in the day. I'm going to go into emotional regulation during these times and certain things you can do to help yourself and your child stay calm. Paige is going to do another episode next week and she will have her own examples and information that may provide or likely will provide information on different areas, but I'm going to talk about the emotions at these times of day. So Transition times are typically hardest. Morning time is hard because there's stress and pressure and a time constraint of doing a new routine, getting out the door on time, and then the anxiety of what the day will bring typically. After school is that time when your child comes home and they take off their backpack, right? And they like on the um, floor, they throw their backpack on the floor (laughs) and they don't put it where it's supposed to go right? But if you can imagine it like this, they're carrying their backpack all around all day and they're putting all their intense emotions inside of it, all the worry, the new things, they're controlling themselves. And then they come home, they throw the backpack on the floor and all the emotions spill out. So all of those difficult feelings that they've carried throughout the day are coming out typically on you. A lot of parents will bring their kids into therapy and be like, I don't know what the heck's happening, but like after school every day, there's a meltdown. And it's like, well, yeah, they've been probably like carrying that with them all day long and being good for everyone. And they haven't had a place to express the emotions. So then they get into their safe place and there are emotions everywhere, all over the floor, like a spilled backpack. Bedtime is hard because your child is tired. Typically we're having them go to bed earlier and then they're thinking about the next day, what they have to do, worrying that they won't get enough sleep or be able to fall asleep. They want to keep doing fun things. They don't want to go to bed early for school. So bedtime creates all sorts of issues. You know, as a parent, what sets your child off. You can make a plan for how to deal with it, how you'll help them through it, and how you will stay calm yourself. I'm going to repeat that again because there are three things to plan for. You know what sets your child off. Make a plan for how you will deal with it, how you will help them through it, and how you will keep yourself calm. So if we have a bedtime staller, you can make a plan for how are you going to handle when they stall bedtime? How do they typically stall for bedtime? What boundaries do you have? What things do you have in place for bedtime stalling? And you can even write these down. How you will help them with the emotions of bedtime. They are already tired. They're probably going to have a tantrum. They may be scared. They may um, be anxious. How are you going? What are you going to prompt them to do? And how will you help them through it? And then how will you keep yourself calm? Will you take deep breaths? Will you do alternate nostril breathing? Will you do cold therapy or cold immersion? What will you do to stay calm? Paige and I are working on a freebie for our Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself course, which the freebie will have our favorite ways to stay calm. So stay tuned for that if you're looking for ideas or examples. If you can plan for how you will handle all of these times, you will feel confident in any situation that comes up. 
So if you know after school is an issue and your child struggles with regulating their emotions, you can plan for them to have downtime. You can say like, okay, the plan for after school, how I'm going to handle it is I'm going to give them a snack. I'm going to let them have free time before they have expectations of like homework or chores. And I'm not going to ask too many questions or pray too much unless they open up and they want to talk to me about it. If that doesn't work and they still continue to have a meltdown after school, how am I going to help them? What activities can I prompt them to do? Is it breathing? Do they have a calm down like corner or area? Do they have sensory things that help them calm down? And then how are you going to keep yourself calm? Am I going to lock myself in the bathroom, turn the lights off, put my hand on my chest and take five deep breaths, which is my personal favorite way when I'm overstimulated to reset myself. Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to put in headphones and distract yourself? Are you going to take the kids on a walk so that you guys can move your body and move the emotion through? How will you keep yourself calm? When you have a plan for these situations, even though things are going to go awry or not as expected, then you feel confident like, okay, I know what to do here and I'm capable. When we feel stressed or overwhelmed is when, um, and Paige says this a lot, we feel stressed and overwhelmed when we feel like our ability to cope does not match our stress level. If we can bring our ability to cope up to match the stress level, it doesn't feel as stressful and we're able to act in a way that like aligns with our parenting values. So I personally don't like it when I'm like a yelly, sweary, um, pissed off, irritable mom. It ruins my whole day. It ruins my kid's whole day, right? But if I can plan for the things that normally make me that way, I can stay more present and regulate myself so that I don't feel like shit about myself as a mother when I go to bed at night. And that's what I want for you too, is to be able to create plans so that you can manage these things that are hard with your kids so that you can feel good about yourself as a parent when you lay your head on that pillow at night. Some other just like bonus tips for you as a mom. Plan for self-care when you have downtime. This might be like when they're in school. Is there a couple hours now that you have free? Plan something that fills your cup. Don't just sit and doom scroll or binge Netflix unless you do it with the intention of filling your cup. So set a, a time limit on it. Say this is the intention of things that fill my cup. Most of the time doom scrolling uh, fills no one's cup. You can intentionally watch a show though. So that's why I said that. Read a book. Do something that genuinely brings you joy. Do a puzzle. Play a game. Clean with a podcast in that you love with no interruptions. And when you go in with the intention of this is to fill my cup, you come out feeling so much more relaxed, even if all you were doing is cleaning and listening to murder stories. Mornings are the worst. Plan ahead and do everything you can the night before. Do not start your day off with stress. Do not start your nervous system off in an unregulated way for the day. So I have been really intentional and working on this lately in my own life. So I've started more so even than focusing on my kids' morning routine. I've been focusing on my own morning routine this past month so that when school comes and things are chaotic, hopefully I am well-regulated and my nervous system is calm. And my kind of overarching goal for the year has been to heal my nervous system. So 
that's where this plays in as well. But I've really been focusing on that so that when the morning gets stressful, when school starts, I'm calm because I've noticed with my kids and I'm sure you've noticed with yours, if I'm calm, everything else goes more smoothly. Even if everything falls apart and I can stay calm, everyone's happier everyone's more full of joy and everyone feels good about themselves. And that's what I want. Like, I don't really care if my kids are late to school sometimes, but I do care if they go to school in an unregulated state because I yelled at them. So keeping myself calm has been the main priority for the mornings. What I have been doing is I have been waking up while my eyes are still closed, doing gratitude, focusing on things I'm grateful for. And then I get out of bed and I immediately meditate. Now meditating, my my preference is to do it with n- no distractions, but this is real life guys. So for me, it is, I turn on a show for my kids and I lay on the couch and they all kind of sit around me. And sometimes they interrupt me and I have to pause and open my eyes and answer their questions. Sometimes they don't. I try and prompt them to let me do my meditation. I do Joe Dispenza's morning meditation, takes about 20 minutes. This is a long time I had to work up to this, but I have been doing it and it, I can tell it has changed my overall mood and temperament throughout the day. Then I work out. I do a workout on the Beachbody app on my phone. I've done YouTube ones. I don't do anything fancy. I just move my body and I really try and like shift depending on how I'm feeling. Sometimes it's like a Pilates video. Sometimes it's weightlifting. Sometimes it's cardio. My kids interrupt me a hundred times and I just try and roll with it. Do the best I can. Sometimes I don't plan my time well and I run out of time and I don't finish a workout and I try not to beat myself up about that. I just move to the next step. Then I take a cold shower, like literally don't even turn the hot water on. And I had to work up to this, but it is the best thing I've ever done for my nervous system. So I rinse off in all that cold water and then I get out and I start my day with the kids. That's when I make breakfast for them, do all those things. So those three really simple things, well, four, if you count the gratitude, have really shifted my mindset in the morning. So by the time I'm doing things for the kids and getting them ready, I am already calm, right? Find something for you. Plan for your whole day. Pack the backpacks the night before. Have your kids check the backpack if they're older and they need to learn that responsibility. Pack lunches the night before. Have your kids help you pack lunches the night before if they're learning that responsibility. You don't want to start the day off with stress because it will carry you through your entire day. Do the best you can. Lay out the clothes. Anything that you can plan for, do it. My last tip for you is don't expect yourself to adjust immediately. Just like our kids' bodies aren't going to respond well when things change rapidly, neither are ours. So there's going to be times where you lose it, where you're late, where you're not prepared, where your body is saying, oh, this isn't normal, I don't like this, and that's okay. Give yourself grace and space and tweak as necessary. Just because things don't go perfectly, it doesn't mean you have to throw in the whole towel on this approach. You can just say, I'm gonna tweak it, I'm gonna try this and see how this goes. I'm gonna tweak this little thing and see how this goes. Small tweaks at small tweaks change lives, right? Like consistency and tweaking and adjusting in small ways is what gets you to where you want to be. I promise you that. Now, some quick tips for your child. Give them downtime after school to do whatever they want. Don't go heavy on the routine of like chores, reading right at the start. I know we want to do that and you can transition into that, but 
it's really important that their brains have like just a minute to decompress after having to focus all day long. This is especially, especially, especially true if you have a neurodivergent child. They need downtime. Do not fill them up with too many activities right after school, five days a week, right when school starts. If they have something they want to do, you can add that in. You can have maybe one day a week. Give them space to adjust to being in school. Give them space to adjust to being in school. Let them recoup and have the downtime. And then once they're adjusted, you can decide like, do we need more activity? Do we need more structure? Do we want to add in certain things or expectations? My last tip for the kids is sleep, eat, repeat. (laughs) When our schedules are changing, our sleeping patterns change, our eating patterns change, and our movement patterns change. So I really want you to focus on making sure your kids are getting enough rest, eating regularly, and moving their bodies regularly. When the routine changes, we don't want any of these these things to fall through the cracks because when they do, we don't regulate our emotions as well. Your tired child is not going to regulate as well as your breasted child. Your blood sugar stable child is not going to rest as well as the kid who hasn't eaten since breakfast. So really focusing on those small things with your kids and you can also help them. This is great for like junior high and high school. A lot of times they think it's really cool to skip breakfast and not eat until after school because they hate school lunch. They don't want to eat. Um, educating them about their blood sugar, how it impacts their mood, their if they have anxiety, how it impacts packs their ability to focus and show up so that they can make a plan that works for them so that they're eating regularly. With your older kids, the most important thing you can do at this age is solving these problems with them instead of doing it for them, right? Or not doing it at all. You want to empower them to figure out how to meet these challenges and adjust all of their routines when it comes to going back to school. Because eventually, as adults, we want them to be able to do this themselves. So I hope you found this useful and I hope you have the best back to school ever with your kids. I'm so excited to hear what Paige has to say next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.